welcome to Table Talk. My name is Betsy Thompson, and we're so excited that you're here with us. This is a place for honest conversations and meeting friends, and today it is going to focus on honest conversations. Hopefully, all of you know the amazing Stuart Rothberg that is um, here on staff with us at Sagemont has been for a long time. We get to hear him preach on Sunday mornings. And so many other things throughout the years that you have been here with us. But thank you for coming today specifically. Um, this is going to be a more, I don't know about harder conversation, but a serious conversation. I invited Stuart to come and sit down with me and talk about everything that's going on in Israel right now. It's so important. And I know you're getting lots of questions yes. from people stopping you in the hallways, emailing, calling. I know I'm somebody at lunch yesterday said, hey, what do you know about da, da 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 And so I was like, this is such an important conversation for us to have. And we are extremely blessed here at Sagemont to have Stuart. And so first, will you just share a little bit of your background and um, just your experience with Israel and why kind of you're the person I called and said, hey, come talk to me about Israel. Glad to do it. And thanks, Betsy, for um, being willing to discuss this. Yeah. You're right. It's a disturbing and heavy topic, but it's a reality we're faced with mm -hmm. today. Uh, so my background is Jewish and it's an Orthodox Jewish background. So okay. there are different oh, categories of Judaism okay. and Orthodox Judaism is the most traditional. Okay. And so we had we lived by dietary laws and I went to uh, what's called a shul or a synagogue. And my parents sent me for education to something called a yeshiva. So we went from eight in the morning till five at night. Wow. And in the morning you do all your Hebrew studies and then after lunch, English studies. So wow. we were deeply entrenched in uh, Judaism yeah. quite a bit. And then by God's grace, at a certain point, I came to meet Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and that changed all things. And it gave me... Um, <clears throat> Uh, a whole new outlook on life, of mm -hmm. course, and how to be in right standing with God. And it had nothing to, to do with Judaism. It had to do with his amazing yeah. um, grace uh, in sending his son on our behalf. I had no interest in things is Israeli at that time. When was the first time you ever went to Israel? Um, about 30 years ago. Okay. Something like that. Okay. And I went with some people from Houston's First Baptist. Okay. Okay. They called me. I did not know them. And they called me and said, would you, your name was given to us. Would you be willing to go to Israel with us and be our Bible teacher? And I thought it was a scam. Who asked <laughs> you to do something like this? So I called Houston's First to speak to some of the staff right? and they said, no, it's legitimate. Wow. These are very fine people. They lead groups to Israel. So I went, Sue and I, my yeah. wife, <clears throat> and I was, uh, I bombed. Really? Uh, well, I, I was so I mean, that's overwhelmed. That's a big thing to get asked to do to never have been there before. Well, and I was totally unprepared. I mean, there you are, you're on the Sea of Galilee. Yes. And I remember they said, Stuart, would you like to share a few words? And I said, uh, no, that's okay. I'm fine. Yeah. I was just so captivated I'm by sure. it all. But they were very gracious and asked me to go back the following year. Yeah. And that began a whole uh, pattern of going to yes. Israel. But as a, a Jew raised in New York, right? Uh, Israel was truly foreign to me. It's a Middle Eastern country. What do I know about Israel? And I didn't have much interest until I became a believer mm -hmm. and began to discover things in scripture that I didn't know from my own rabbis. And it's, it's a pretty Israel-centered book. In fact, you can hardly point to any of the 66 books that doesn't relate to Israel in, in some way. 
And so um, <clears throat> I developed an interest in going. Who doesn't want to go to right. be where uh, the Lord was? Mm -hmm. And not only that, will be when he returns. And so over time, we developed not just a tour for Israel, but service trips. Yes. These were missions outreaches, but we avoided the word missions because that's just not well received in the Middle East, either by Arab people or Jewish people. Right. They they connected to the Crusades of old, mm -hmm. which were devastating to the Jews in the land mm -hmm. and to the Arab peoples in the land in the name of Christ, okay. misrepresented. Okay. Soldiers with crosses on their shields came and just uh, indiscriminately slaughtered mm -hmm. people of all kinds. And even though it was hundreds of years ago, neither the Arab people nor the Jewish people forget. Right. So when... When Christians go to Israel, right. we're actually associated still with groups, crusaders wow, like that. That's interesting. So we want to avoid the word missions and missionary. We just call it service projects. And um, many of those involved um, participation in helping uh, soldiers. Mm -hmm. And I have found out from our contacts in Israel that a number of those we ministered mm -hmm. to are, are, are dead now. Mm. And then we served at what's called the kibbutz, which is kind of a collective, uh, sort of an agricultural collective establishment. And um, many of the people on the kibbutzim, plural for kibbutz, have been absolutely slaughtered. And in Israel, everyone knows someone because it's a very tiny country. And so even though this... Um, these atrocities were committed in the southern part of the country. The southern part of the country might as well be the middle and the northern part. Mm -hmm. uh, Israel, uh, I can get from here to Dallas, and it, it'll take me longer to get from here to Dallas right. than tr to traverse the whole land of Israel from north to south. Right. It's, and just a sliver, you may be 350 miles wow. long and across. In some places, no more than 15 miles across. Wow. It's just a sliver. So the effect of what's happened uh, psychologically on the population will be um, uh, significant for, I think, decades to come. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about just the history <clears throat> of how what's happening now is happening. What has led up to there being so much hatred toward yeah, Israel yeah. or between the countries there or the terrorists or the different things? Um, this isn't a new no. issue. Um, it's just come to a horrific head right now. Yes. But talk a little bit just about why. Why is this yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a good question. So I, I'll approach it in two ways okay. historically, but first, um, the reality behind the scene, okay. the spiritual reality. Yeah. Here's what I mean. Regardless of what you think about Israel, any rational person cannot deny the Bible is a record of God's promises to Israel. Right. Um, why? You tell me. Right. Why that place? Because uh, it's what God picked. <laughs> and, why that, and why that people grew. Right. In fact, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, chapter 9, it actually says, I did not choose you because you were better than anyone else or because you were more numerous. In fact, you were weaker and smaller. Hmm. So every rationale for God's election of Israel um, is ruled out. 
Uh, he did it based on his sovereignty to affix his love on a people group. Why? In my opinion, to demonstrate his attributes to the entire world. Mm -hmm. If he could embrace a fairly undeserving people group mm -hmm. graciously and mercifully, then, then we can see God to be gracious and merciful, and maybe he'll be that way even right. to me. So, so God makes all these promises mm -hmm. to um, Israel. And uh, a personage who's quite aware of this is Satan. And I know we don't like to talk about Satan, but the same book that tells us about the Savior tells us about yep. Satan. So Satan uh, hates the fact that God is worshipped by, by his followers. If he could find a way to get people to worship him instead of the one sure. true God, he would love that. Now, he, he's quite brilliant, evil, but brilliant. So here's what he came up with. If he could... If he could annihilate the Jews, total genocide of the Jews, God's covenant people, the people group with whom God made promises of land and prosperity and a multitude of children, all the rest. If God could wipe them out, he can prove God to be a liar. Yeah. And if he lied to the Jews... What makes you Christians think he'll keep his promises to you? Right. So if God promised mm. Israel a, a land of promise, but didn't fulfill it, and he promised you a promised land of sorts, also called heaven, mm -hmm. what makes you confident that you'll ever enter into it because he didn't fulfill his word to the Jews? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why there's such... Disproportionate hatred of Jewish people, right. not just in the last few days, but right. historically. So, Betsy, listen, Jewish people have a particular culture, and you don't have to like it. <laughs> we eat certain funny foods, and we are the way we are. Yeah. You know, you don't have to you don't have to let your daughter marry one of us and whatever. <laughs> you don't have to let us live in your neighborhood. <clears throat> you don't have to let us join your country clubs. I got it. Th mm. This kind of racism is racism, I would say, within normal limits. And still very much happening today. Oh my goodness. Okay. However, to go from that to I want to kill Jews. Right. How do you explain that jump? For instance, in Nazi Germany, at the time, Germany was one of the most industrialized nations on earth. Its scientists were brilliant. Mm -hmm. What would it take for the scientists to redirect their scientific efforts to come up with cost-effective ways to annihilate a whole people group. Right. What, what, what does it take? Right. It defies human reason. Let's say the German scientists didn't like Jews. I got that. Right. Legit. But to come up with a cost-effective way, in other words, it costs too much to shoot Jews in the head because each bullet costs, right. it adds up. So they designed these brilliant gas chambers. All you have to do is, is bring these Jews in on, on trains like cattle cars, empty them out, men, women, and children, put them as a mass of people into these showers, turn on the gas, they're dead. Then dig a dig hole, uh, dig a big hole, and dump these bodies in those things. So what? How do you explain that kind of right. of uh, <clears throat> animosity? Um, uh, and the only explanation I could find is the evil one who is Satan. Once again, if you can annihilate the Jews, then God does not keep his promises 
and nobody should worship him. Instead, they may transfer their allegiance to Satan. So hot on the heels of what happened in Nazi Germany, <clears throat> six million Jews killed. But here's something I think just as striking. Six million survived. Wow. How do you explain that? Right. And now where are they going to go? Well, <clears throat> the world's sympathy uh, was aroused because of this right. horrific slaughter of Jews, and that made the way for the return of Jews after thousands of years back to their promised land. Wow. Kind of backfired on Satan. He wanted to prove God to be a liar, and God used this to prove himself to be faithful to his word. So on May 14th, 1948, after thousands of years of being outside the land, here come these Jews wow. into the Holy Land. How do you explain it? In history, there's not been a people group outside of their land for that long who somehow were able to be Regathered right. and become a, a newly constituted people in their land. So on May 14th, 1948, the Jews are in the land. What do they have? Nothing. So the Arab um, neighbors were not happy with this. Hmm. So they launched the first... Uh, concerted effort to drive the Jews out of the land. Well, you have these uh, Arab armies, Jordan and Egypt and Syria and Lebanon, mm -hmm. and there's Israel. They don't have an army. Right. They don't have tanks or anything Why like that. Why were those countries upset they were there? Did uh, they want the land? Did they just, no. again, is it they just didn't like the people? No. Here's, 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 here's what happened. Um, in Islam... So these are primarily Islamic yes. countries. And please don't misunderstand. I am not indicting is Islamic people right. as a whole. We want to be really careful about that. But it, but it is true. It's Islam in the Quran teaches this. If land previously in the hands of Islam has been taken by another people group, it's an insult to Muhammad. Okay. And you must get the land back. Okay. So that's so the So they motivation. had the land. Yes. And then Israel yes. got the land back. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So what, when they had the land, this is very interesting. What did they do with it? Nothing. Wow. In fact, when Mark Twain visited, he just called it a land filled with mosquitoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> there was nothing to it. Nothing was growing. It's desert land. There's mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was no interest in it. In fact, no key Muslim leader ever even visited Jerusalem. Wow. There was no interest in making it an important site in Islam. Right. Nothing like that. It's only when the Jews came back in the land that all this intifada yeah. is called, it's Arabic, it means uprising, okay. a series of uprisings, because you got to get rid of the Jews. Islam teaches wow. you must defend the uh, reputation of, of Muhammad, okay. so you got to get rid of the Jews. And then behind it all is this sick satanic interest mm. In proving God not to be a promise keeper. Right. And the one, one way wow. to do it is drive the Jews into the sea. So that hmm. that's why peace with Israel's enemies, I'm sorry for being so pessimistic, is not going to happen through the United Nations or through an experiment called Land for Peace, which I'll tell you about. It's only going to happen when the Prince of Peace, hmm. in Hebrew we call him the Tsar, 
shalom. That's Jesus. Okay. It's only when he is welcomed in the hearts of people will there be peace in the land. So what Israel did in an attempt to make peace is give up land oh, okay. to the Palestinians. For instance, if you go to Jordan, uh, excuse me, if you go to um, Jericho today, mm-hmm. it's in it's governed by the Palestinian government. Okay. Israel gave it up. If you go to Beit Lechem, House of Bread, Bethlehem, okay. Israel gave that up oh, wow. to a- Arab control. And they gave Gaza the place in the news. Yes. It's, it, too, is a narrow strip of land mm-hmm. on the Mediterranean coast, the western coast of Israel. They gave that up as well. In fact, it, it, the residents of it, Jewish residents, were were literally bodily carried off wow. by its own government. Wow! To make room for Arab Palestinian peoples to come in the land as a a show of interest mm-hmm. in making peace. Wow. In two thousand and seven, the government of Gaza came to be Hamas, the okay. group we're hearing about okay. today. Wow. Um, There are different um, groups of Palestinian leadership. Hamas took over Gaza. And since they did in 2007, they have rained terror on the Israeli residents in that part of Mm -hmm. the uh, country. So Israel's experiment, Land for Peace, has been a horrifically Mm -hmm. failed uh, venture. So over the years, every time Hamas fires rockets into Israel, Israel responds, Hamas stops for a while, they build up their arsenal of weapons, and then it goes on and on. This time, uh, the Israeli populace is demanding of its government, Mm. not a Band-Aid approach. But entire annihilation of Hamas presence in Gaza. So the last time Israel sent ground troops into Gaza was in 2014. They're very careful of this. Mm -hmm. It's almost certain that they're going to send ground troops into uh, Gaza maybe in the next few days. What will happen? There will be loss of civilian life. It's not possible for there not to be. Why? Because Hamas's strategy, it's quite effective but evil, Mm -hmm. is to use human shields. So they hide themselves and their arsenals in mosques, Mm. hospitals, schools, and residential areas. Israel has been very careful over the years to do surgical bombing. In fact, they warn the people beforehand, um, we're coming. Mm -hmm. This building will be bombed. Get out. Right. What army on earth does this? Right. Well, they're not going to be able to do that now. Uh, They have to rid the area entirely of a Hamas presence, which means they have to go in. So there'll be a loss of uh, Israeli life. Many soldiers will die. And um, and many um, innocent civilians will die. And what will happen is the world community, mark my words, will turn against Israel. Watch. Really? Mm-hmm. It's already starting to happen. Uh, so on college campuses here, right. there are already anti-Israel protests. And they're usually spurred on by Palestinian uh, Arab Muslim groups. Okay. But our college campuses are 
are largely populated by these groups today. Harvard just two days ago, Harvard, you know, the influential yes. Ivy League school that we hold in such high esteem. Twenty two uh, groups got together and issued a statement on what's happening here, indicting Israel for provoking really? all this. Now, let me tell you something about provocation. <clears throat> I do not think the Israeli government is sinless and without blame. Sure. I don't. <clears throat> Neither is our government. Sure. These are secular governments. Absolutely. So have there been times when Palestinians have been mistreated, even devalued and dehumanized? Sure. Palestinians who work in Israel, for instance, they go from Palestinian territories mm. into Israel, have to go through checkpoints. How would you feel? How would I feel? Sure. You just want to work. You just want to provide for your family. And you have to wait in this line. And there are Israeli soldiers checking your paperwork. And I'm sure at times, not with much gentleness and kindness. Mm -hmm. So I get all this. So it's one thing to say, I'm a person too. What about my civil rights? I'm being mistreated. Legitimate. But you invalidate your just cause if it's a just cause by slashing the throats of elderly and decapitating babies. Yeah. That's what's happened. Right. Whatever legitimate grievance you may have is absolutely nullified. This is beyond the pale. Mm -hmm. There is no, uh, Betsy, uh, let's say I, I steal your car. Right. And you know I did it. And you catch up to me later with the car. Right. And you... You hit me with a bat and all the rest. You're right. just so upset and sure. disgusted by this. Legitimate. But if you kill me for stealing your car, you've crossed the Absolutely. line. I'm guilty. Mm -hmm. Sure. But my, the violation, the penalty is disproportionate mm -hmm. to the violation. Absolutely. What Hamas did, they didn't target Israeli military installations. They went into civilian communities. Imagine a group of armed men, 1,500, marching suddenly uh, through Pearland, Texas, right. and coming into your homes and killing your children and raping women. I'm sorry for bringing this up. Um, but this is not a morally equivalent conflict. Right. It, it, let me mention moral equivalence. You hear this term. Mm -hmm. Moral equivalence means both the Israelis and the Palestinians are equally wrong and equally right. Moral equivalence. Right. Uh, that argument flies in the face of the facts. Israel does not target Palestinian civilian communities and civilians. Mm -hmm. Israel does not send suicide bombers into these areas. If a Palestinian um, combatant dies in a conflict, Israel does not mutilate his body, take him and hang him from a building with blood pouring out and parade him through the streets as a victory. Don't tell me there's moral equivalence. Even secular Israel has been affected by Old Testament sanctity of human life value system. Mm -hmm. Islam does not give you that value system. Right. It doesn't. So, so what's happened now, dead Israeli soldiers have been stripped naked, uh, bodies um, mutilated beyond recognition, and carried off back into Gaza. In Judaism, giving a fit burial to the deceased is usually important. Right. 
how can you bury your son whose body is carried off uh, somewhere? Mm -hmm. Israel does not take civilian children and uh, and elderly people um, uh, captive. An eight-year-old girl was taken uh, and died somehow in the course of being taken. And her father, imagine this, thanked God that she Mm -hmm. died because he knew what would happen to her if she was taken. They have a concert, outdoor concert, in this area of Israel, hundreds and hundreds of people. And um, uh, the the, uh, terrorists come, and at random, they kill, the estimates are uh, about 300 of these young people at the concert. They carried off the girls, and use your imagination. This is beyond the pale. So, So whatever grievance you have, Whatever just grievance you may have mm-hmm. is absolutely nullified. Therefore, Israel must send ground troops in yeah. and absolutely redesign Gaza and eradicate Hamas presence. So here's the danger. This could be a rallying point for the entire Islamic world, mm. not Islamic people in general. Right. Radical right. fringes, just like, yes. just like there are people who bear the name of Christ who— who who do things? We, That's right. We wouldn't want to be we, included in that huge mm-hmm. group. So, so I yeah. hope we don't yeah. turn against Islamic people, no. Palestinian people, right. and I hope we don't hate. I'll tell you what I mean. <clears throat> you want to hate because it gives you a kind of a sense of power. Right. You say, "I've lost everything. I've lost my children. I lost my parents. Mm. The one thing they won't take from me is my hatred." But that's kind of a cover for hurt. Sure. And so I don't think the Bible allows us the luxury of that kind of hate. But can you hate? Yeah. You could hate the evil one, Mm -hmm. the prince of darkness. And you could hate who people have created in God's image have become. Yeah. You could hate people designed to to be devoted followers of his and blessed by him. Um, The extent to which the darkness has taken over. You could hate all that. But you cannot hate people groups. We Christians are not allowed that. So I'm not in favor of anything like that. I'm in favor of praying for Mm. Palestinian people and even members of Hamas. Do you know there are numbers of believers who are Palestinians? Sure. Can you imagine what they're going through? Right. Yes. So very difficult. So that that that's not our our battle. But but the moral equivalence thing is just not true. Right. So in Israel, um, Arab peoples. Uh, can be full-fledged citizens of Israel. And many Arabs have chosen to be citizens of Israel. What does that mean? It means they have full access to the infrastructure, Mm -hmm. schools, hospitals, and so on. Others have chosen, other Arab people have chosen not to be under Israeli government, though they live in Israel, but be part of Palestinian government. Mm -hmm. So Israel has allowed Palestinian entities to govern Palestinian communities. Hamas is one, fully supported by the Palestinians in Gaza. Israel lets them govern. Mm -hmm. Another one is called Fatah, and that's in a place, the headquarters is in a place called Ramallah. By the way, these two Palestinian entities hate each other. Wow. Anyway, Israel allows it. So if you're an Arab and choose to affiliate as a Palestinian under the Palestinian Authority, 
though you live in Israel, Israel will allow you to do that. You have cars with different license plates and all the rest. Now, let me tell you what the, the Palestinian government has done for its constituents, for its people. Uh, millions and millions of dollars has been sent to Gaza because it consists of 2.3 million people wow. in a tiny uh, land area. Right. It's horrific, the conditions. So the United States and other countries have pumped in lots of money to help the residents of Gaza build up their infrastructure, wow. hospitals, schools, roads, and all the rest. Where has it gone? Hmm. It's gone to Hamas hmm. for rockets, for missiles, for weaponry, and to build tunnels. And hmm. we served at a kibbutz and saw where the tunnel they built, it was designed to come out right under the kibbutz so that they could send in terrorists by wow. night, steal children. It cost approximately a million dollars to construct each tunnel because it had electricity in wow. it and air conditioning. Israel has, has bombed those. That's where the infrastructure money is going. Yeah. So, for instance, all the wounded in Israel as a result of this present incursion will, be, uh, will have access to hospitals and good medical care. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to Israel, a dinky country, they made the desert bloom. Right. They built up their infrastructure. The poor people in Gaza who are being injured by this terrible sure. conflict, they don't have adequate hospitals and medical care. Now, you tell me, whose fault is that? Yeah. Same thing with the Fatah. In fact, you, you, you've read the news where it said that Israel cut off electricity and water and food supplies to Gaza. They're going to come under fire for that. Hmm. But, but, but I think people are missing the implication. Does that imply that Israel supplies power, utilities, right. and so on? The answer is yes. If huh. Israel wanted to wipe out the residents of Gaza, they could have turned the lights out. Years and years ago, Israel supplies the the Palestinian community in Gaza who hate Israel mm. with utilities wow. and jobs. Now, why did they cut this off now to to uh, to victimize the Palestinian people? No, they want to do it to motivate the return of the approximately 150 hostages taken. I don't think it's going to work, but they're trying to do that. Second, they want the Palestinian people to divorce themselves from Hamas terrorists. If right. you're not a terrorist, right. then turn in those who are. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have to exercise these extreme measures. Yeah. Let me give you an example. We were bombed at Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. Do you remember it? Mm -hmm. But well, you weren't born. I don't remember it, but yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've read about it. <laughs> so that was a terrible thing. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then we bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Atomic bombs. Mm -hmm. Scientists used their brilliance to come up with um, instruments of mass destruction. Yeah. Looking back on it, we would say, as horrific was it, as it was, it was justifiable. Mm -hmm. For retaliation, no. To actually shorten the war. Mm -hmm. That was the theory. When the bombs were dropped on Japan, do you think it was only soldiers who died? No. Whole populations. Nobody said to the U.S., practice restraint. Right. Don't overreact. What about Israel? Mm 
Mm-hmm. What do you mean practice restraint? Yeah. Uh, when we experienced the horrors of 9-11, mm-hmm. the American populace cried out to our government, do something. Yep. Get those people who are trying to kill us. And the government responded rightly, and we sent troops mm-hmm. where? To New Jersey? To Afghanistan. Right. My son is one of them. Mm-hmm. He served there. Right. Uh, many of us have relatives who sure. served there. Mm-hmm. And we support it. And the government did that thinking that's where all this hotbed of terrorism who sought to destroy us right. emanates from. So let's go. Now, if that's justifiable to send our troops thousands of miles away to deal with terrorism, how do you rebuke Israel? for trying to deal with it. You know how close the terrorists are? From here to there. Right. They're right there. Right there. So, but in spite of the unreasonableness of it, watch the world community turn against Israel. And what's serious, Mm -hmm. Betsy, is there's another terror group to the north of Israel. It's called Hezbollah. And that means uh, party of Allah. Okay. So it gives you an idea of the affiliation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are in Lebanon. In essence, they influence the government of Lebanon, Hezbollah. They have a missile supply that exceeds that of Hamas. Mm. Both groups supplied by Iran. Wow. There's no question about it. Iran is the supplier. If Hezbollah takes advantage of the attack on Israel in the south and joins the attack from the north— And Syria on Israel's eastern border is amassing its troops Mm -hmm. there. They've already fired one rocket into Israel. Um, If if they join the fray, seeing Israel's vulnerability, I suppose the U.S. will be obligated to respond. And then you have a conflict of international proportions, which is really, really leading us to the fulfillment of biblical prophecy in our day, which may have looked a little outlandish a couple decades ago, but holy Toledo, look at it now. Um, The uh, countries filling, in my opinion, the power vacuum left by our uh, present administration in Washington is Russia and China. Mm. Do you want... Uh, Mr. Putin being the one who's the mediator of the situation um, in the Middle East because we've left the kind of a vacuum. If this realignment of power isn't reflective of what Scripture says, Mm. I don't know what is. Now, I don't know if this conflict is the last conflict. I don't think I'm no date setter. Um, But it sure is a precursor of even greater uh, catastrophe to come preceding the return of the Lord. By the way, um, why is Iran? Iran is not an Arab nation. It's Persian. Right. Muslim, but but not Arabic. Why is Iran so interested in um, providing for terrorism It's really a worldwide sponsor of terror, but particularly uh, through Hamas and Hezbollah and other groups. What's what's it? What 
what does Iran stand to gain from it? Right. So the brand of Islam in Iran is called Shiite Islam. Okay. Shiite. A country like Saudi Arabia, for instance, another Muslim country, their Islam is called Sunni Islam. Big differences. Okay. And a good deal of conflict over the centuries between the two groups. The brand of Shiite Islam in Iran is a very extreme brand, which says, we long for the return of Muhammad's successor. Uh, they call him a caliph, to establish a caliphate, which is worldwide domination by Islam. Well, what will bring about the coming of Muhammad's successor? Worldwide cataclysm. Mm. That's what their brand of Islam teaches. That's why negotiating peace with Iran by our State Department shows to me a total misunderstanding of their brand of Islam. Mm. If our government says, be careful, because your actions may stir up problems in other places in the world, that's the motive behind wow. it. Because their caliph, their savior, their Messiah right. won't return until this worldwide cataclysm. They believe they're actually hastening the return of their Savior by stirring things up. By the way, where did they get this idea? From Satan, who's a counterfeiter of biblical truth. Mm -hmm. He's not a creator. He's a counterfeiter. Right. So God says, when it looks like the world uh, in rebellion against God is coming to an end, Jesus returns. Yeah. Satan reads this and he says, I'll get my savior. Wow. See what he's doing? Yes. So, so all that's happening now, that's why it's being celebrated by the Iranian parliament. Wow. They're celebrating this and they're calling upon Muslim people all over. If you have a knife, if you have a gun, use it to kill a Jew. Gosh. Now, it's already uh, begun to happen. Two Israeli tourists uh, a few days ago were in Egypt, and an Egyptian policeman who's a Hamas sympathizer shot him dead. Synagogues across the world are on high alert. Mm. It's coming to be open season on Jews. Wow. And in our country, are we safe? No. We have an open border in the South. Who's coming? Many needy people who simply are looking for a better sure. life. Would you do it? Would I do it if I couldn't feed my family? Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Is it illegal? Sure. Yeah. What are you going to do if you have to feed your children right. and so on? So, so, so we must be sympathetic. But amongst the thousands coming in, do you think it's only legitimately needy people looking for a better lifestyle? Um, I read... A statistical analysis of those crossing the border in the last mm -hmm. two years. It was surprising to me. It might be to you. You would be shocked to see the thousands who come from Middle Eastern countries. Mm. How are they crossing right. our southern border? From Turkey, from Iraq, from Iran, from Syria, Yemen, a number of places that are hotbeds for terrorist training crossing our border right. quite easily. If you don't think there are terror cells already being set up in the U.S., you're naive. What are they waiting for? The right moment. Wow. That's what an open border yeah. does. So mm. all these things, yeah. The, uh, are we in the, the last days? Absolutely. 
but are we in the last days of the last days? Well, I'm not one to say. I don't, I don't know that yeah. at all. Yeah. But we're definitely in the last days, and all these things are, are, are indicators yeah. uh, of it. So the history of animosity between the uh, uh, Arabs and the Jews in, in modern history stems from May 14th, 1948, when Israel was declared a reestablished modern state on previously possessed Arab lands. Mm -hmm. Islam teaches, as I mentioned, you must take them back. How, however, those are not lands that were developed by Arabs. Nothing was done right. with it. These these Jews who had nothing, I think, by God's grace, managed to learn things like drip irrigation. If you have drip irrigation at your home, you know, a hose with holes in it, mm -hmm. that's an Israeli development because right. they had to figure out how to grow things in, the, things in the desert. In the desert. Man. Okay, so for those of us here, not Jewish, <clears throat> those of us here, um, how do we respond to all of this? Because I would assume living in fear hmm. isn't at all how God's designed us to live in fear, um, to stay in our houses or not go out or just be super fearful all mm -hmm. the time. But like you said, it's also not hatred. No. We're not supposed to turn to hatred. And also it's keeping a level head of there are certain entities inside these larger groups that are doing these things. It's yes. not the entirety. No, it's not. And having to think through that as well. If my neighbor is Palestinian, that doesn't mean they're the ones that are there doing that. And so for us here in America, in Houston, Texas, what do we do? How do we continue? Because part of me is so heartbroken. Yes by all the horrific things that are truly happening. Yes. They are really happening. Um, part of you just wants to go, how do I keep going? Yeah, how do I go? But what? how do we balance all of this out with, we live in Houston, what do we do? So we must never forget why we're still here. And that is to pierce the darkness mm. with the light of the gospel. That's our agenda. It's not political. It's uh, much more important than that. Yeah. So in my neighborhood, I live close to a, a Muslim family from a Middle Eastern country. And um, I've extended myself to them as a neighbor grateful to be their neighbor, right. welcoming them in the neighborhood and bringing over cookies and then... Um, I uh, shared the gospel mm -hmm. and we're, we're, we're pretty close. It's not my business to wonder about what their intentions may be. Right. Uh, mm. uh, the scripture says, regard no man according to the flesh. I don't look to these things. You think of people, whether they be lost or saved, that's our mission. Yeah. That is our agenda. So we must never forget that. And we must not see the influx of Muslim people or Palestinian people as a bad thing. Right. It's a wonderful opportunity. The neighbors I spoke of come from Pakistan. I've never been there. It's difficult for me to get there, but there are wonderful Pakistanian people right. next door. Mm -hmm. So in terms of our mission, our great commission, it, God is really using, using this. So, so we must think that way. And then 
Uh, last night in Bible study, we went over this verse in Proverbs 3, do not be afraid of sudden fear. Mm. And I mentioned that's called anticipatory anxiety, mm. afraid of sudden fear. You're imagining what could happen, yeah. and it affects your present. Right. You're anxious about a what if. Right which probably won't even happen. Right. God says, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes, mm -hmm. for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Mm -hmm. So we run to Jesus. Wow. And Betsy, we pray. That's an initiative of our church. And it's not last resort. Right. That's what we do. Why do we do it? Well, he loves us, therefore he hears us, therefore it makes sense to pray. That's our number one uh, resource. In fact, prayer to the Almighty is the distinctively Christian response to the world situation because he doesn't hear the prayer of unbelievers. Right. They're still separated. Yeah. We have access to the throne of grace. Yeah. When we pray, we are doing the distinctively Christian thing. Yeah. So to pray for Israel, you bet. Uh, for Arab peoples, you bet. Did Jesus just die for Jewish people? Of course not. For God yes. so loved the, the world, world that he gave. Mm -hmm. So we pray consistently with God's giving gracious spirit on behalf of lost people in darkness. And I know we don't want to admit this, but we have the same capacity to be enveloped by such darkness that we do unbelievably inhumane things. So Hamas, uh, some people are saying they're animals. No, they're not. They're humans created in the image of God mm -hmm. who have gotten so deep in darkness mm -hmm. they can't think straight. Could that happen to you? Yes. And it could happen to me. When we get saved, uh, the Bible says we've been moved from the domain of darkness right. to the kingdom of the beloved son. So we got saved not just from the penalty of sin, but we got saved from the encroachment of darkness in our lives and we're moved into the kingdom of Jesus. Now we have the mind of Christ. That's right. All it would take is that same acceptance of Jesus by a Hamas terrorist for that one's life to totally change. Right. So what do we do? We pray for all peoples. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a very important kind of thing. Yeah. And then a, a third thing, um, we have to stand by Israel. And I'll tell you why. That doesn't mean 100% support of the Israeli right. government. I don't 100% support our government's decisions. Sure. So healthy dissent is acceptable. But why am I saying we stand by Israel? Because God says, I will bless those who bless you, Israel, and I will curse those who curse you. And mm -hmm. actually, history has borne this out. Right. Uh, what happened to the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Chaldeans, mm -hmm. the Nazis? Mm -hmm. Great nations yeah. who persecuted Israel are no longer on the face of the right. earth. Well, how do you explain the presence of dinky Israel, except that God is keeping his, his word? Yeah. So for the church to turn against Israel will seal its doom. And we're already seeing it happen under the guise of something called replacement theology, mm -hmm. meaning... God's chosen people were the Jews, but they have sinned to such an extent that he has forsaken them and replaced them with the new Israel, the church. So God no longer wow. has a plan for Jewish people. They've been replaced by the church. Wow. You see, if that's true, then that means 
grace is not greater than all our sin. It means our sin is right. greater than grace. If Israel could out sin God's gracious yeah. promises, <gasps> Betsy, where next? The church is next. Sure. Because the history of the church has been kind of spotted as well. Sure. Um, the, but the Bible says, though we be unfaithful, he remains faithful. Mm -hmm. Really? Prove it. The Jew. Yeah. That's the evidence that God's faithfulness surmounts the unfaithfulness of his people. I'm not defending my people. Right. We deserve to be wiped out. But by grace, yeah. we're not. And that's a testimony not to the perseverance of Jews. It's a testimony to the grace of Almighty God. Mm -hmm. The evidence for a person today who says, I don't think Jesus could forgive me. I've sinned too much. The evidence is the existence of Jews today. Yeah. That's the proof of his grace. Yeah. So the church must not turn against Israel, and many yeah. are. Yeah. And it's, that, it's such an amazing thought to think, just like Jesus saved me. He, want, he came for the purpose of saving all. And if Jesus came for the Hamas people, then I need to be praying for yes, them. Yes. Like, I, I mean, they, you put that into perspective of Jesus loves them. He came to die for them, just yes, like he did. he did for me. Yes. And if I say that he didn't do that for them, then I'm in turn saying he didn't do that for me. That's correct. Yeah. He That's either just... died for all people or right. he died for no people. Yes. It's a, it's a package deal. Either forgiveness and grace is for all. Or it's for none. Correct. And we have to be so careful. So that's a challenge for us. It is. Um, it is. But and we need to be. We need to meet the challenge. That's right. Be up for it. And we can with the Lord. That's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why He says, "Not by your strength, but by mine." Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Hey, one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, what is talk a little bit about the um, ministry that is in Israel that you've traveled with before? I know they're putting out updates and different things if people are looking at okay where do i go to even get truth about what's happening over there because i know y'all i mean we look at social media and the news and you're like i how much of this can i believe just because that is we've had to kind of come to that place is there a place where people could go hey this is an organization i know i could go to and get truth yes there are so one the one you mentioned is called hope for Israel, okay. and you can Google it and, yep. and look it up. Make sure it's the right one, though, because there's another okay. one. Hope for Israel. Its leader is Moran Rosenblit. He's been with us many times, mm -hmm. and we serve with him. They're in the thick of things yeah. now in Israel. He's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. with, as, as is his family. Yeah. And uh, their um, website provides information that's mm -hmm. reliable and accurate okay. and from a believer's perspective. And a second source of really good news, have you heard of Joel Rosenberg? He's an author of many books. Mm -hmm. They're kind of historical okay. fiction, and many people are familiar with him. Anyway, his organization uh, started a publication called All Israel News. Hmm. Uh, consisting of really fine journalists, but but um, journalism in all of its nobility, objective reporting of the data. And you can uh, also go online, All Israel News, through okay. Joel Rosenberg, and it's a free thing. And you can register and get daily updates. Okay. I do it. There's no charges. Sure, sure. And so I get daily updates of what's, what's going on. So if you're not confident about 
NBC, CBS, Fox News, whatever. Yeah. These are really good, reliable okay. sources. Okay. Those are great. Those are great mm -hmm. for us to know. And then the last thing I want to ask you, um, we talked about prayer, and Sagemont is very much in a prayer initiative and really wanting mm -hmm. to not just give, to, we want to give tools for people to pray, but and we want to encourage people, but we really want to say, no, actually pray. Yes. Like, let's not just talk about praying. Let's pray. Yes. Let's actually be a people that are on our knees praying. Yes. Um, share a little bit, just what, how would you encourage people right now in these days, in this weeks, um, specifically to be praying? Thanks, Betsy. Um, so we're studying Ezekiel in our uh, Connect Group class, and one of the repetitive themes is while Israel is under judgment and um, and and oppression, in that case by the Babylonians, God repeatedly says, I'm doing this that they may know me, mm. that they may repent, that they may return. Um, so God allowed the Babylonian incursion to soften the hearts of people. Mm. I think God allowed this present devastating attack on Israel. Mm. He's sovereign. We're going to have to accept right. this. Yep. I think he allowed it, but not to destroy, mm -hmm. to deliver the Jews. Yeah. But also Arabs, Palestinians, Muslims, and mm. even members of Hamas. So I think we should pray, and I am feverishly doing this, that God would use this horrific time to soften the hearts of people so that their hearts become more fertile ground to receive the gospel mm. message. There are believers amongst the Palestinians. There are believers amongst the Jews. We call them Messianic mm -hmm. Jews. Mm -hmm. They're in the land. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if this terrible devastation so softened the hearts of Arabs and Jews and everybody that are um, ambassadors for Christ in the Middle East, Arab and Jewish mm -hmm. believers, um, would be able to share with the gospel and see greater receptivity. So that's the big deal. You know, these bombs that Israel is sending to Gaza to soften up the turf and before the ground troops get in. That's what prayer is. Prayer is our long-range bombing. To soften up people's hearts. Yeah. So that when the gospel goes in, mm -hmm. it takes root in their lives. Amen. That's how we have to pray. We don't pray for the destruction and death of people. No. We pray that they may live. Why? Do you want Jesus' death to be in vain on behalf of so many people? He deserves more. He deserves children of all kinds. Yeah. And he is no respecter of persons. A Jewish soul is not worth more than a Palestinian soul. Right. Jesus died for a soul. So that's the big deal, that all this stuff would serve the same purpose. Terrible judgment served in Ezekiel's day to soften up the hearts of people mm. that they may look upon this Jesus who, who they know, yeah. who they've heard of and not um, reject the gospel, uh, but, but be a receiving ground for it. I love that. Just even thinking about praying that way softens your own heart. It softens, and that's the idea. We it, can't go hard. No. We have to go soft. Yeah, it softens us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing today. I greatly I can't thank you it. enough for giving me the opportunity yeah. to do so. That's there are more good. pleasant topics. But this is a needed one. 
Thank you. I love it. Uh, would you close us out just by praying oh, for yeah. us? That'd be great. Yeah, glad. Yeah. Lord Jesus, look at us just seated here so casually, mm -hmm. coming before your presence. There, there's no intermediary necessary. All the other world's religions require it. But we just come to you, Father, through Jesus the Son. We come to the throne room to receive grace and help in time of need. We come as kids. We're so grateful. And we would love for access to you be, to be the experience of others as well. Why would we want anyone to be denied access to you? So we pray, oh God, that what's happening in the Middle East and Israel in particular, horrific by any standards of human morality, we get that. Still we pray that you might use it for good and to accomplish your redemptive purposes. That's your desire, for we know you desire for none to perish but for all to be saved. So our prayer is that you would use this terrible upheaval to soften the hearts of all people of every stripe so that your people would be able to share the gospel which much, with much more receptivity and fruitfulness than ever. Now that reminds us, O oh God, of the brevity of life and we, your people here in Texas, we must be mindful of the lostness of so many around us and look for every opportunity to demonstrate your love and to declare your gospel to them. So we pray your labor force, Arab believers, Jewish believers, would be strengthened during this terrible day, would be protected and would be mobilized so as to share the gospel with more receptive hearts than ever before. Of course, we would like this terrible conflict to come to a quick end, and that's what we pray. But even more importantly, we pray you would make use of it for your grand and glorious redemptive purposes. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thanks, Stuart. Thank you, Betsy. Appreciate you. Love you. Um, even though you're not Jewish. That's okay. I love you too. <laughs> you are Jewish. I don't know how do you say that. I don't know. Uh, but no, y'all, thanks for hanging out today on Table Talk. It really is such an important conversation. Um, hopefully this is a huge benefit to you in just um, being able to have a conversation around it. Um, if you have more questions, if you want to talk further about it, of course, you can reach out to us and we'd love to have those conversations. But more than anything, the most important thing we can do is pray. Yes. So join us in praying. Thanks for hanging out with us on Table Talk. We'll see you next time.